0: jcastnetwork.org
1: Shalom. This is Rabbi Michael Pitkowski, and welcome to Daily D'af Differently. Today we will be learning Tractate Psachim D'af 71. When the Temple was in existence, people brought sacrifices for numerous reasons. One well-known offering was a sin offering, korban chatat, that was brought after one inadvertently sinned while another type of offering was the korban shlamim, the peace offering. There are different types of korban shlamim, and they were brought in a number of circumstances. One was a thanksgiving offering that was brought as an appreciation for divine help. Another was an offering that was brought after a person took a vow. And a third type was the free will offering that was brought in anticipation of divine help. Sachim, Daf 71a begins with a continuation of the discussion from the previous page about the following question. If somebody brought a korban shlamim sacrifice on the day before Passover, but only ate it on Passover, does this korban shlamim also fulfill the obligation of two other sacrifices that were associated with the pilgrimage to Jerusalem and all holidays? The first... The Shalmei Simcha that was offered and eaten when a person made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, and the second, the Korban Chagigah, the special festival offering. The essence of this question is whether the special festival sacrifices had to be offered at a specific time and what type of animal could they be from. With regard to whether the Korban Chagigah had to be offered at a specific time, the Gemara argues about whether. The festival sacrifice must be done at the time of celebration, simcha or not. Is it possible that a sacrifice which is intimately connected to the holiday can be offered before the holiday even begins, or is it required to be offered on the holiday itself? The Gemara goes back and forth between sources that seem to support both sides of the argument. It is trying to understand the meaning and parameters of the joy that is associated with the festival. How early can we start celebrating, and how long can we drag out our celebration? In the midst of this discussion, the Gemara raised a very important question. If the meat of the Shalmei Simcha was only eaten by the priests, how are non-priests going to celebrate the festival? One possible answer might have been that the priests are allowed to celebrate on a higher level than ordinary people, and therefore the Shalmei Simcha was reserved only for them. But the Gemara brings another answer in the name of the third-generation Babylonian Amora, Rav Papa. His answer was that for the non-priest, joy is attained through clean clothing and good wine while in other places the Gemara elaborates on the statement and describing, describes the festival clothing and good wine that is the vehicle for joy and celebration on the festival. Some commentators raised an interesting point. It very well may be that the biblical and the ideal way of celebrating the festival was through the bringing of a sacrifice and its consumption, but now that there is no temple, There are alternative avenues for celebrating God's holy days. There is some disagreement about this point, but Maimonides ruled that these other avenues of joy, good wine, and food, and special clothing are also included in the biblical obligation of celebrating the festival day. The larger question goes beyond how to celebrate the festival. It is what effect does the absence of a temple have on our worship and religious life? It seems clear to me that the answer given by the rabbis in the Mishnah and the Talmud was to modify and reinterpret Judaism in order to keep it alive in a post-temple world. Scholars disagree about how central the temple service was for the Jewish people during the Second Temple period, But once the temple no longer existed, there was no choice but to construct a religious life that could live without the temple. While there were people who continued to believe that there was still a possibility that the temple would be rebuilt, with the passing of time it became clearer to most that only a Judaism that was no longer dependent upon the temple could survive in the new reality of a post-destruction world. Page 71b ends with a Mishnah that discusses the offering of the Korban Pesach, the Passover sacrifice, on Shabbat. When a holiday falls on Shabbat, the sacrifice for that day was offered, overriding any Shabbat prohibition. The Mishnah discusses a number of scenarios which were problematic. One was, what is the validity of a Passover sacrifice that is brought on the Sabbath, If the person bringing the sacrifice had improper intentions, was this still a valid sacrifice? This same question was raised in numerous other contexts. What is the role of intentions in the offering of sacrifices, and consequently in the performance of mitzvot commandments in general? It is this question of intention that will be addressed in the subsequent pages of the Gemara. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you tune in tomorrow for Daily Daff Differently.
0: I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daff Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.